Church, go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Got your Bibles open back up to Isaiah 9. We're going to be going through that yet again, Isaiah 9. The wonderful Christmas, wonderful Christmas passage. It says this, that the, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Jump down to verse 6 if you can. Jump up to verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Will you bow your heads and let's pray. Dear Father, today we are here to honor the king. We are here to give glory to the king. We are here to acknowledge the great king and the greatness that he is and the greatness that he brought and the greatness that he continues to be. I pray, Lord, that, that Christmas, one more time, Lord, that Christmas would not just be a time where we remember just the, the times with our families and the, the festivities and all the great things we're going to do today and tomorrow, but rather that we will remember King Jesus from the cradle to the cross, from heaven to the cross, from heaven to the grave. But that grave and that tomb is empty, and he's returned back faithfully at the right hand of the Father. So, Lord, we thank you, we honor you, and we glorify you. Give us a new sense of hope today. Give us a new sense of trust today. Help us to see you in a much lighter and a greater way. We love you, and we thank you. In Christ's perfect name is who we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, give it up for that worship team one more time. How beautiful is that? Uh, well, hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Good to see you guys. You guys look beautiful. Got some ugly sweaters back there. I have no problem with that. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, hey, man, it's just been an awesome time uh, uh, hanging out with you guys these, these last uh, few days. Yesterday, we had a great service. Over 100 people came out, showed up. It was an awesome, awesome time. It was packed. I loved it. It was my first time doing candlelight, and uh, I can't wait to do it next year. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Gabby. Uh, hey, but today, we're going to wrap up a sermon series that we've been in called All Hail the King. Uh, and the sermon series is meant to give you and I a greater awareness of why we are in this season today. One more time, can I tell you that Christmas, yes, I, I'm happy to dress up and look like a Baptist in front of you right now. I'm, I'm, happy, to, I'm, I'm happy to be with you. You guys look beautiful, and I'm, I'm excited. But if we don't allow our minds to elevate to the greater purpose of what Christmas is, then guess what? We're going to be the same as we were before Christmas, right? We're going to be the same as we were before Christmas. And what we want to do, we want us to see, okay, what do we need to do? What, what, what kind of practice do we need to uh, introduce in our lives so that we can produce a greater truth? And the greater truth is the hope that Jesus wants to bring to you this Christmas and your life. Amen. And what we've been doing, we've been studying the names of God, right? And, and, and if you read the Bible, there's a lot of names God has, 
right? right? These are just some of the names that, that describe the coming Messiah that, that Israel was longing and waiting for. There's a lot of names that, that God gives himself in, in the scriptures. And so you got to realize in the ancient Near East that names carried a significant weight, right? It carried a significant weight. Names usually determine someone's identity and destiny, right? Names were a big deal. I'll never forget when my kids were, were born. I, I, I had it in my mind. I want to make sure my kids, are, uh, their names come from the scriptures, right? So we got Jedediah, right? Uh, and his name means uh, beloved by Yahweh, beloved by God. And then we got Isaiah, which means the Lord is my salvation or God, my salvation, right? And, and when we think about names, names have a big deal. Has anybody ever heard like a name that you look at like, I cannot pronounce that. That just makes no sense. Why is this here? I'm not here to make fun of anybody, but I do know names have a, are, are a big deal in our, in our lives. When I think about names, I think about the movie Gladiator. Remember the part where uh, uh, skinny Russell Crowe, you know, he turns his back on the king. He's like, you dare turn your back on the king? And he turns around and he says, my name is Maximus Vinius Moregus. <laughs> it just gives him a whole line. Uh, um, a born to a mur- uh, uh, father, father to a murdered son, mother to a murdered wife, and I shall have my vengeance in this time, this life or the next. That's awesome. I love that. I watched that movie the other day. I'm like, I love Gladiator. This was a great, great movie, right? When I think about names, they, they have that kind of significance in our lives. And what, what we're seeing is that God has a name for every one of our needs, right? God has a name for every one of our needs, and his name indicates the need that we have in our lives. We've been talking about the wonderful counselor. We talked about that last Sunday, that God comes to be the counselor in your life, that comes to be the one who gives you advice and gives you wisdom and helps gives you direction and gives you healing and to shape your perspective, right? That, that God also comes to be the mighty God. We talked about that last night, that he is the one who is your strength. He is the one who is your courage. When life feels desolate, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel exhausted, there is a greater strength, a strength that can never run out, a strength that gives you and I a reason to endure and a reason to live with a sense of hope. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. Now, don't get it twisted. Jesus is not the father. Here at Christ Church, we're Trinitarians, right? One God expressing himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, right? Don't get it twisted. Isaiah is not trying to say that Jesus will come as the Father, but rather he will be Father-like. Now, what does this all indicate? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, ran, I read a, a poll that talked about uh, just this Christmas season, and it, it was over 200 people, 200,000 people that, that took this test, and the test, the, 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 the goal of the test was for people to describe their, uh, what their idea of the perfect father is, of a perfect father, right? What's their idea of a good dad, right? And you can only, you can only imagine there's a bunch of things that are written down, right? There are things like, like hey, I, I want my father to be able to provide, right? right? And maybe you had a dad that did that. God bless you. That is awesome, right? I, I want my father to be able to give good advice, right? Uh, and, and there were many answers, and, man, there, there wasn't really a bad one. But you want to know the most consistent one? Father that is present. That was, that was over 200,000 people, over 90% of them 
said that I want a father that's present. And that's what the everlasting father means. That Jesus is present. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is a reminder in the midst of our difficulty, in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our tragedy, Jesus is with us. And he's not only with us, friends, because you probably have heard that before. You've probably been like, how does that help me now? How, does, how, how, do, how is Jesus being with me helps you right now? Well, it helps you because he's not only with you, but he's also working for you as well, too. He's also working all things according to his counsel, according to his glory, which actually ends up in your good in your life. So actually this Christmas is meant to remind us that God is still working, that God is still conforming his purpose in our lives. That's the everlasting father, that at the end of the day, no matter what it looks like now, you have Jesus, the one who works all things. He's working all things for your purpose today as well. It's working for things for you as well. But today, we're going to talk about the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And I want you to write this down if you're taking down notes. Remember, people who take down notes go to heaven. So it says this. The, <laughs> I'm just joking. Relax. If you're going to email anybody, email Logan. He doesn't read his emails. Um, <laughs> don't mute me. Don't mute me. Oh, Lord, help me. The presence and the promises of God is our assurance of peace. The presence and the promises of God is the assurance of peace. If we are going to navigate through this life, if we're going to navigate through our years, if we're going to navigate in the seasons of life, friends, we need a peace, right? We need, we need a peace about us. We need a peace before us. We need a peace that gives you and I a sense of there is better to come. And, and, and that's what this Christmas season uh, is meant for you and I, to, to find a greater peace for each and every one of us. So here's, here's what we've been saying. We've been saying that through this passage, which is a prophecy written 800 years before Jesus, we've been saying that, that Christmas reminds us of what's available to us today. Now, what's available and what's accessible to us today? Well, number one, you have hope. You have a hope, right? And it's not just a, a maybe hope. It's a certainty type of hope. It's, it's for certain God is working out for your good. It's for certain that God has not abandoned you. That's your hope. And we, we also talked about last night, we have access to God's strength, right? We have access to God's power. That he works within us so that we can be able to be the people he's called us to be. But today, I want to talk about that you and I have access to peace. We have access to a great peace. Now, let me ask you a question. Most of the reason why you and I can never be at peace is because we allow a lot of things to disrupt our peace. Am I right? We have a lot of disruptors of peace in our lives. Uh, a couple months ago, I was taking my boys over for a walk, and we have this really cool 90,000-pound stroller that I push around, and I got the boys in there. And like every good Christian dad just wants to take his kids for a nice walk. And we're at this nice park in North Ridgeville. It's, the boys are being quiet, like, for once. Like, the first time in their lives they're ever quiet or just sitting in the stroller and minding all these things. And I just feel at peace. 
I, I feel that peace. I'm like, all right, thank God. I can, I can think about God. I can, you know, get around this, this trail and, and all this. And then lo and behold comes these, comes these kids that come around, and they had the nerve to be on a walk with a speaker in their hand, listening to God knows what, Right? And I remember as they're walking, and then they had the nerve to, like, keep pace with us because I'm thinking, like, all right, they're going to pass us. It's going to be fine. No, like, for, like, the, the, the next maybe 400 yards, they're, like, keeping pace with us. And they got this music going on. I'm like, you're disrupting my peace. I'm at peace right now. Why are you doing this? <laughs> right? Isn't it funny that you and I, we allow circumstances to disrupt our peace? Isn't that funny? Isn't that interesting? See, here's the thing. God desires to bring his people to peace. God desires you and I to live with a sense of peace. But most of the reasons why we can never live with a sense of certainty and peace is because we let so many things and so many people take our peace. Right? See, if this is God's great desire for you to be at peace, that means you can have a peace in every circumstance, in every situation, in every season, but for some reason, we allow our circumstances to define our lives, right? Right? We, we have this thing called a circumstantial peace. Number one, write that down. We, we rely, the reason why we're not at peace is because you and I like to think life should be easy. Am I right? Right? Or how about this? Let me just, let me just say this because maybe you didn't get what I just said. Maybe you and I think life should go the way we want it to go. Right? Life should go, like, our kids should just listen to us. Man, can I get an amen from the parents, from the parents, not the parents, the parents. If your kids would just listen to you, you'll be at peace. Just do what I tell you to do. Don't get into the sugar. That's, you can't just have a mouthful of sugar. Like, you just can't do that. Right? Right? We, we, allow our, we, we allow our circumstances, we allow this, the situation or the season, whatever is happening in our lives, because we love to believe that when you follow Jesus, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to go according to how I want it to go. My plans are going to be fulfilled, right? Nothing hard's going to happen in my life. I'm never going to have a, a, a difficult moment in my marriage. I'm never going to have a difficult moment at my job. I'm never going to have difficulty in my finances. But friends, haven't we realized that we serve a Savior who was poor, we serve a Savior who was stripped and who was crucified on a cross, who himself suffered as we suffer, right? So, so we got to realize if you and I want a peace today, we can't find it in our circumstances. Here's another way you, 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 what, uh, 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 where you can't find your peace, in people. Right? And people, I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. No one in this world, the person next to you, the person behind you, no one in this world can complete you. You want to know why? Because they're broken like you. Right? They have, they have inconsistencies like you. That They'll be good for a moment, and then you say something really stupid, and I, that's talking about me with my wife, and I just say a lot of dumb things, and she's like, did you really just say that? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I heard you say that. What, what you talking about? I'm speaking in tongues. I don't know what you're talking about, baby. You know, you need to get up on out of here. Right? 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 right. So many times we let, 
we, not, we, we are not only looking to our circumstances to define our peace, but we're looking to people too, right? Like, and, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have good relationships. I'm not saying that, that you know, uh, your relationships are not important. But the one thing I do want to say that, that is truly uh, one thing we need to connect to in this Christmas season is that people are going to let you down, and you need to be at peace with that. Right? People are, they're going to let you down. Your pastor is going to let you down. Right? You don't look for me to be perfect. There, there's one who is perfect, and that's what we're talking about today. Jesus the Christ. Right? Like the imperfections that you see in us, in others, or whoever it may be, points of our need of perfection that's in Jesus Christ. Right? Don't let your circumstances define your peace. Right? Because here's the thing about Jesus. He gives you and I a peace not apart from our problems, but he gives us peace in the midst of our problems. There's a difference. Does that make sense? There's a difference. See, Jesus is more interested in giving you a peace, not when things are perfect and dandy and rosy and no problems and everybody likes you and everybody approves of you and everybody accepts you. He wants to give you and I a peace when people don't like you, when things aren't rosy, when things aren't easy, right? That's the peace that he offers us today. He offers us a peace not apart from our problems, but in the midst of them. In the midst of the divorce, in the midst of your singleness, in the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of the financial burden that you are facing right now, he gives you and I a peace. He gives you and I a reason why you and I can look forward in our lives. He gives us a peace. There's also another peace, a uh, reason uh, why you and I can never be at peace. We have a divided trust. We have a divided trust. Uh, pretty much it just means uh, there are certain things in our lives that we're trusting in more than God. Let me just say it flat out like that. There, there are things in our lives we, we'll never admit it, but by the, by the way we act and by the way we live, right, if we go deep down, we'll say to ourselves, I, I'm, 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 I'm actually trusting in things more than I'm actually trusting in God, Right? And really, God is just a, a person in my life that helps me get what I want, right? God's just there to kind of help make things easy and better. And, I, and I'll talk to him whenever things aren't easy, when things aren't better. See, I'm going to give you a little context. Israel, who Isaiah is writing to, Israel uh, were people who had a divided trust. Because in this time that Isaiah is writing this, this is a time where Israel would have rebelled against the Lord Yahweh himself. So you got to remember, uh, when God saves Israel out of Egypt, he gives these ten things called the commandments. And the first commandment, does anybody know the first commandment? You are not to worship any other gods, right? You, you are not to, 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 to put any other gods before me. we got to remember, in Israel, there were other nations they didn't follow God. They didn't follow Yahweh. They had these pagan religions that were surrounding the area. And what Israel would do, they wouldn't leave God. They just had a little bit of the other gods come into their life. 
And you had all these different deities. You had, the, the, you had the Moloch and you had Baal. You had all these different deities that they'll bring in that these other nations are worshiping. Well, the problem is, it's not that they left God. The problem is they put things above God. They put these things above God, right? right? As a matter of fact, in the Bible, they call this idolatry, idols. Right? Idolatry idols. What happened is these deities would have these statues and these trinkets. And what, what Israel, what, I'm sorry, what the practice of the other pagan nations, they, they would literally bow down at these statues. Right? They, they would literally bow down at these idols. And they would pray to these idols. Right? Expecting these idols. And they could be worshiping the earth or uh, the, the water or the sky, whatever it may be. Expecting them to give them uh, the thing that they're asking for. Right? This is what we call idols. In Leviticus 19, God says, cut off your idols. And here's the thing, friends. You and I, we're not bowing down at statues today. We're not bowing down to, uh, to men. But the one thing that we do have to admit is we have idols in our lives. The one thing we have to admit is that, that we have things in our lives that we make greater than God. And I'm one of them, right? And typically, the things that we make an idol, they're the good things in our lives, right? Listen, God isn't against you having good things. God isn't against you having money. God isn't against you having a relationships and, a, and, a, and a, a bigger home. He's not against those things. God's not against you having things. He just doesn't want things having you. There's a difference, Right? Right? There's a difference that, that we must understand more and more in our lives, right? That, that we just have things that we put before God. Sometimes, let me kind of be honest with you, sometimes I'll put my career before God. And really, I just want God to, to advance me as a preacher, right? God just, I hate to admit that, I'm sorry to admit that, but, but sometimes I'll, I'll say, okay, God, can you, can you help me get a little bit more popular, can you help me just preach some sermons so that we can pack the house out, right? Now, preaching is not a bad thing. It's not everything. Does that make sense? Right? I love what uh, Tim Keller says. It's not going to be on your screen. But I love what Tim Keller says uh, about the idolatry that we all face in our lives that still exists today. He says, an idol is anything more important to you than God. It's anything that absorbs your heart. It absorbs your imagination more than it does God. It's anything that you seek to give, uh, that you seek to give you what only God can give you. Right? Sometimes we make, our, we make our careers our idols. Sometimes we make relationships our idols. So we're not bowing down and yelling out sayings, but we're giving in our attention and affection. Right? And, and this is what's going on in Israel, Right? Right? Most of the reasons why they can't be at peace is because they aren't inviting the only one who can give them the peace in their lives. Right? A divided trust. How about this? There's another thing that, that disrupts our peace. Conflict. Right? How many of us are in conflict with, our, with, with, our, with some family members today? With some friends? Right? For such a long time, I held on to the longest grudge against my father. 
for the longest time. I blamed him for everything, right? I, I blamed him for what he, where I am and where I'm not, right? For, for, the, for the longest time. And, and, and there's a reason why you and I have a hard time maintaining peace is because we're not at peace with others, right? right? We have a hard time maintaining and sustaining this peace that God wants to give you and I because of the conflict we have with our own family, because of the conflict we have with the friends of the past, right? And, and here's the thing about humans. The longer, the longer and longer that conflict just, uh, uh, just continues, the more and more we'll ignore it. The more and more we'll ignore it. The more and more we'll say to ourselves, it's fine. It happened five years ago. It happened 10 years ago. I don't need to do anything about it now. We're all, life is all better. We don't need to bring up the past. We don't need to talk about our feelings. We don't need to talk about our pain. We don't need to do any of that. But friends, can I tell you right now, the longer you hold and brew onto the thing that truly affects you, the more it does damage to you than the damage that was done to you in the beginning. Does that make sense? Right? It hurt in the beginning, but it's going to hurt even more the, more the longer you brew on it. Right? So, so what, what, what is God calling us? What is God asking us? God's asking us to, whatever conflict we have in our lives, man, the Bible says that if you know someone has something against you, Leave your gift at the altar and go and be reconciled with that person, right? We, we have some relationships that need to be healed this holiday season, right? Right? We have some relationships that we really need, we need, we need to examine and say to ourselves, like, how can, how can I help this situation get better, right? It's easy to just, like, keep going and keep going and ignore the, 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 the elephant in the room, but we're never going to be at peace. We're going to be at peace. And this is the peace that Jesus comes on this earth to give to you and I. But there's going to be things, if we're not careful, if we're not careful that can disrupt that peace from being a reality more and more in our lives. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says about this. I have been, listen, ladies, you need a good female uh, 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 preacher. Elizabeth Elliot is your girl. Right, fellas, you need to give female pre- This woman can preach the house down. She's long and gone now. She is a beast. She says this about uh, in her book on peace. She says, peace does not dwell in outward things, but in a heart prepared to wait trustfully and quietly for the one who holds all things safely in his hand. Right? Peace is not in outward things. Right? What's, go- what's not going to bring you to peace is holding on to the grudge. Ignoring the, 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 the conflict in your family. That's not going to bring you to peace, friends. What's not, what's not going to bring you to peace is, is looking for your boss to give you that raise. To give you that advancement that, you've been, that you deserve. Oh, if you don't get what you want at your job, you are ready to cuss your boss out. Right? I deserve a raise. I show up early. I stay late and all that. But friends, can I tell you, no matter if he gives it or not, you can still have peace. Right? And peace is not in outward things. But it's found upward. And peace is available for you and I today. But we can't look for it outward, but we have to look for it upward. Here's the one thing I want you guys to know as we close. God is the giver of peace. 
because he alone is the source of peace. Right? God is the giver of peace because he alone is the source of peace. I want to direct your attention to the Gospel of John. Jesus says something very, very interesting that I think is worth for us to deserve to connect to. And I find it interesting that we go to the Gospel of John to talk about Jesus because in Isaiah 9, it talks about Jesus. So let's go to John 14 to see what Jesus actually said. And Jesus says these wonderful words in John chapter 14. He says this, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, when, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all that I have said to you. Watch verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Now, this is very interesting. Stop there. When Jesus says, peace I leave with you, this is literally hours before the cross. Right? This, this is literally right before the man is going to be crucified. This is literally right before the man is going to suffer. The man is going to bleed. The man is going to be in pain. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Right? He says, peace I leave with you. Yes, I know I'm going to the cross. I was, I was sent here to do that. But I want you to know that even in the midst of the, the, the difficulty and the suffering I'm going to face, I'm going to give you peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled and let them not be afraid. Let them not be afraid. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. He says, my peace I give to you. You know what Jesus is actually telling us? Peace is not what you find on this world. But peace is where you place your trust. Now, I want to ask you today, who are you trusting? Where is your trust? Where, 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 where is your rest completely found? Where is your trust? Because here's the thing, friends. Wherever we place our trust determines the peace that we experience. Wherever we say we're going to, who we're going to trust and where we're going to trust and what we're going to, it determines the peace and the amount of peace that we're going to experience. Jesus says, my peace I give to you today. Uh, years and years ago, before we had children, uh, my wife and I, uh, we had a hard time getting pregnant, right? It was a hard season in our lives. We spent about three total years of infertility is what they call it. And I'll never forget in the times where we had different procedures happen and, and all of this, and still we couldn't get pregnant. There, there were times in, in our lives where, you know, failed test after failed test that we will look at, our, uh, look at one another. We say, why is it God allowing this in our lives? We felt deep down in, inside that, man, God wanted to bless us so, so badly with this. We felt the desire Forward. And the Bible says he will give you what your heart desires. So we're praying to him and we're, we're going to him and we're saying, give us children. And, and more and more failed tests came after us. Right? And it felt like God had abandoned us. It felt that God was not with us. And then make matters, work, make matters worse, there were friends and family around us getting pregnant. It was one of the hardest 
those, those desperate seasons of our lives. But you want to know one thing that we learned in that season? Now, by God's grace, we had children, and uh, they're getting on my nerves right now, but careful what, you, careful what you pray for, right, church? Right? But you know the one thing that I've realized in that season? What I needed more than ever was not to have a baby at that moment. What I needed more than ever was to realize where my peace was found. Because the gift wasn't in the baby or the child, and, and I love that, and I'm grateful for that, but the greatest gift is what God taught me about, that peace is in him. That at the end of the day, no matter if God gives me it or God doesn't give it to me, I can still be at peace. I can still say Jesus is Lord. I can still say Jesus is the God of heaven. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you to have a faith like me. I'm not here to stand up here to say, man, you need to be like Jovan. But the one thing I do want you to know, there are times in your life where it will feel like God has abandoned you. Where it really felt like God is not listening to you. Where it will feel like things are getting worse and worse and getting better and better for the people around you. But can I tell you right now, even in the midst of that season, there's one thing that is for certain God's going to give you is his peace for you today. Is his peace. We can be at peace, friends. And we can have this peace that the Apostle Paul says that surpasses all understanding. We can have this peace that at the end of the day, we don't let what we don't have define us. But rather, we go to Jesus that receives the peace we have in our lives. Because Jesus is our peace. King Jesus is our peace. As we wrap up our sermon series and our last song today, I can invite the band to come right on up. As we sing our last song today, I want you to know there, there is some darkness right now that, that you're experiencing. And let me tell you something right now. What's going to bring peace isn't when the darkness goes away. But what's going to bring peace is when you acknowledge your Savior. When you worship, Right? Right? The, the, the difficulty you're experiencing, the thing that we just want God to take away and to make better. Can I tell you something right now, friends? Your peace is going to be determined not if God takes it away, but if your heart is directed towards him. So in this last song, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you just to, to listen and to, 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 to watch Haley and to watch Noah and to watch how great they perform. I, I'm asking you to fix your eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the same, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. And because Jesus is seated, we can be at peace. The king is seated. The one who reigns over all, and he's in all. The one whom that the, the, the evil cannot get anything across from him. This is the one whom we worship. And what we need more than ever today is not for God to take it away, but for God to give you peace in it. The God to give you a peace in it. The God to give you a peace that, that, that your mind isn't constantly dwelling on the situation. That your mind isn't constantly thinking about the possibilities. That your mind isn't thinking about the outcomes, friends. 
we can have peace because we serve the one who controls the outcomes of our lives today. And Jesus reigns over the outcome. He reigns over it. And however it works out, guess what? He's the one who controls it. But you can have peace. And let's go to the king. Let's go and just ask him, give us this peace that you say that you want to give us. Dear Father, we, we come to you today and we ask that, that Jesus, that you would, that you would be the great mediator that you say to be in the scriptures, that you would mediate peace to our hearts today, that you would mediate peace to the young woman today who's struggling with being a mom, that you would mediate peace to the, to the young man today who is struggling with his identity, that you would mediate peace today to the grandparents in this room today who are wondering what's next, that you would mediate peace today to the young people in this room today that are asking, does God have a purpose for my life? And they can have that peace, and they can know and they can realize that at the end of the day that Jesus reigns. Jesus has all power. That Jesus is mighty. And he's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. In these difficult seasons that we're in today, there is nothing in our lives that you do not have a hand on. And our peace comes from not when things are just eliminated, but when our heart is inclined to would you give us this peace right now? Not a peace that, that makes us think that uh, you're going to take everything away, and, but a peace that says you are good. You are good and you do good. Because apart from you, Jesus, we have no good. So, Lord, give us this peace right now. Pray that you would give us the hope that we need and the strength that we need and the assurance of your presence that we need more and more in our lives. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's perfect name is who we pray. Amen.